Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and, uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars. Uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family stories. In some, centered in some way, you know, they're elemental stories, they're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically, but kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Welcome to The X-Files Files. This episode of The X-Files Files is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code X-Files Files at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Hey, so this episode uh, features Rhea Butcher, who is uh, the, all your favorite uh, 
the most requests I've gotten for a guest have been Rhea Butcher, and we're talking uh, three and one breath. So one breath is obviously a really, really major X Files episode. Um, it's uh, the return of Scully. Really, really fantastic episode. Um, three, on the other hand, is uh, widely considered maybe the worst X-Files episode ever. That and Space are the ones that always come up in conversation. So I wanted to do that one because Scully's not there. Felt like it was an important one to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and obviously, One Breath is amazing. Uh, please email me at thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. Uh, follow me at X-Files Files or just follow me at Kumail N. That's K-U-M-A-I-L-N. I'll go to the subreddit. There's a lot of great conversation happening over there. And my TV show, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, is currently on uh, Wednesday night. So if you're listening to it today, it's on tonight uh, after at midnight. So at 12.30 a.m. It's a comedy show. Uh, it's a great episode. It's got Jim Gaffigan in it, Doug Benson in it, um, Eric Andre's in it, Rob Hubel and Paul Shearer are in it. And it's this, this episode is the craziest episode of the entire run. We basically got people and were like, hey, do whatever you want to do. And this is the episode. Just so happens, everyone decided to do something really crazy and out of the box. So it's, uh, in some ways, it's my favorite episode. It's also the most chaotic episode, but it's really good. It's on Comedy Central, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, 12.30 a.m. Uh, every Wednesday night. We've got three episodes left. Um, all right. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rhea Butcher. How's it going? Good. How are you, Camille? Good. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to talk about two of them, three, and um, what's the next one called? The other one is uh, One Breath. One Breath. Mm -hmm. So three. You're going to think... That every X-Files has, like, terrible nightclubs. <laughs> it's just all nightclubs. <laughs> it's all horrible nightclubs. X-Files, the Spencer's gifts of shows. <laughs> it, it, it really, that, <laughs> that goth nightclub is totally a Spencer's gift place. Yes. I'm surprised there's not, like, a dude with, like, the needle the needle puzzle or whatever that thing's yeah. called. That you just put, like, your middle finger in. Oh, yeah, every yeah. Every time. Oh, whatever yeah, that, that thing's thing. called. The yeah. classic Spencer's gifts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of penis-shaped straws <laughs> sure. and stuff. Um... So this one is directed by David Nutter, who's one of the best directors of The X-Files, written by Chris Rupenthal, Glenn Morgan, and James Wong. So Glenn Morgan and James Wong are like the main guys. And then Chris Rupenthal, I think he's pi he pitches ideas to them. Mm -hmm. He's done two, and they're both kind of weird. Um, what did you think? of th This is the vampire one. People yeah, who don't know, Scully's gone, <laughs> and there's fucking vampires. There's now, all of a sudden, there's vampires. Scully leaves for one day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's vampires. Um, I personally hate vampires uh-huh i don't hate them like ugh. i just i don't want to i they like creep me out more than anything okay they like really get me going okay so i had to watch this a couple times i'm sorry <laughs> no it's okay i that enjoyed sucks. it i had a great time okay like getting over my phobia of yeah it. what's funny is the um how artificial the blood was actually grossed me out more than had it been real uh -huh. because I couldn't tell when it was the raspberry jelly and when it wasn't because there so were just times like yeah making me really like unqueasy yeah there were times it was raspberry jelly yes. and the cop says I've just been putting raspberry on my ice cream like <laughs> shut up a person is Ugh, dead you never would say that <laughs> yeah what a gross man <laughs> so gross. um you don't probably don't know this but that girl was uh David Duchovny's girlfriend at the time the so like the main vampire gal yeah, who's not a vampire. Who's not a vampire, yeah. So it, that's what was so confusing to me was... It's very confusing. So I thought, first of all, Mulder thinks they're all fake. She turns out is fake, 
but then there's three real ones that I've been chasing her. Is that what happens? I, I think so. That's also why I had to watch it a bunch of times. It's I, so complicated. I like couldn't actually follow what they were trying to throw down as like, <laughs> also the dudes, some of the guy that burns up. Yeah, in and the then cell. is alive. And then, the yeah, is that the same guy? Same like guy. Like, they all look this kind of the same. They all look like Danzig, kind of. <laughs> they did. Like, terrible Danzig I needed, people. like, a Henry Rollins in there. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell Why who Why did they all was. have to have long hair? Yeah. Give one guy short hair. And then the woman, the third woman, shows up at the end, and we've never seen no. her before, right? It, no. She just shows up out of nowhere? Yeah, she just shows up out of nowhere. I'm glad that, because I was like, oh, my God, ha- I'm going to bomb so hard because I can't I couldn't make figure it any out. sense out of this episode no. at all. Then there's like bread with blood in it. <laughs> Why? When Mulder sees that and he just like puts it in and closes the door. Like, like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's evidence. Yeah. Pretty Why sure are you, you doing that? Take that out of there. Yeah. And also like you wouldn't be like, oh, I, yeah. I know it's Mulder, but. But still it's gross to see blood. And again, like it looks fake. Yeah. I bet if you cook blood, it's like because you've. Oh. Have you seen black pudding like that yes, Scottish I've thing? Yes, I've seen it. It's horrible. Yeah, it's gross. But that's what cooked blood looks like. Yeah. It doesn't look like Coagulated. raspberry sauce. <laughs> no, it doesn't have like a fuchsia tone to it. Yeah. All, all these people have like... Um, she was really bad at not getting caught because he goes to that horrible goth club. And then she just kind of starts talking to him. And then she says, she says a line where she's like... Um, Oh, Mulder says, he who drinks my blood, and she finishes it, has eternal life. And she said, I take the life of others. That's, that's terrible. He's clearly a cop. Look at this later yeah. part where he like reveals, like, I'm actually the FBI. Like, no shit. Look at how you're dressed. <laughs> right. Look Nobody's at your dressed like this. Look yeah. at your hair. <laughs> yeah. I lo- this is like the era of the like upholstery ties, <laughs> you know, where everything is like floral, but like really thick fabric. Yeah. You just sit on it. In the episodes before this, he had like really short, weird hair. Yeah, really weird hair. <laughs> what was going on? For I don't him? know. Do you think he was in like a movie or something and he had to? I don't know, but I it's all know. like spiky, but it's like. You can see through it yeah. too in a weird way. It's all like standing up. I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't but like it. But it. it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is Mulder's girlfriend. He had a. There was that scene in the beginning where she's with that old guy. And she's oh like, yeah. uh, and he's like, when I met you at the corporate party, I was like, oh, that's horrible, sexy talk. <laughs> it's so, I don't normally do this. Yeah. I have a family. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I'll do things with you nobody's ever done. And they're making out in a hot tub. Like, that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah. People have done that. It's pretty baseline. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing anything weird. <laughs> it was the 90s, though. Yeah. So. Oh, was that new? Is that I when you were I think it was. Writing? Nobody, everybody was afraid of the water. Because of Jaws, we were still recovering. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? But then she's with that guy, and then the vampires come and kill the guy. So why doesn't she go to the police or anything? There's so many weird questions like that. Well, I thought that, and I could be totally wrong, but she almost seemed like a fangirl of theirs. So she was, like, <laughs> w- working for them or, like, to get their attention or something. But then Mulder's on her side and trying to protect her, so was Mulder just yeah. doing the wrong thing? I don't know. Mulder made confusing. no sense what he was doing in this episode. No, he, he just tries did whatever he wanted. He goes, tries to like help the Asian guy, right? Mm-hmm. And the Asian guy just beats him up <laughs> and then goes and gets murdered. Mulder's a terrible cop. Like, yeah. what about calling for backup or anything? Never. It's such a compli- It's such a confusing, confusing episode. Also, I noticed that in the X-Files, in the cold open, if someone is... Because he has a wine glass and then the last scene before the credits as the wine glass drops and I noticed every single time you see someone holding something in the cold open the last shot is going to be that thing hitting <laughs> to the floor right before the music comes on oh man that's great yeah I hope there's a cold open where somebody's like playing volleyball 
Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like just drops and bounces. Yeah. <laughs> just a fun one. Uh, I did like that scene where the, he goes down to the X-Files office and there's plastic over everything and yeah. he has to like, like re, you know, restart the X-Files and he's got like Scully's file and he puts it in the X-Files cabinet. Mm-hmm. I like that thing. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, metaphorical. Yeah. Good visual. And then there's the the nudie the no, the bikini calendar. <laughs> oh yeah. They're still just starting to put it in that he's like sort of a weird porn guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people on the message boards are like, wait, why does he have that? That's not good. People in the message boards, I'll read it later, did not like Mulder getting laid because there's a part where he like I think that it's implied that they have sex, and people had a very negative reaction to that. Really? Yeah. I mean. It was very, like, body heat to me. The way it was <laughs> shot with, like, the, <laughs> yeah. the blinds and stuff. Yeah. the the It wasn't vertical blinds, but... It's also that thing where they think sexy talk is just, like, waiting too long before you respond. <laughs> yeah. They're just, like... So really drawn-out pauses. S- so slow. Yeah. And sh- her acting sexy is just leaving her mouth open. So if you <laughs> noticed, she has her mouth open a lot. <laughs> it's just kind of, like... Hanging open a little bit. Catching flies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could just put like two pens in there. <laughs> That's how much it was open. That's like, a lot. Yeah, it's all, it's pretty fucking yeah, open. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two pens like stacked on top <laughs> of each other. It's that's it's the open. test, the two pen test. Yeah, you can get yeah. two pens in there. That's that's Close sexy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, they also using bible for creepy stuff that's always a fun thing that happens you know oh yeah there's a very like uh seven kind of a thing yes where it's like written on the wall i wonder when seven came out in relation to this because seven is um after this 98 somewhere around there 98 or maybe earlier than that yeah i'm probably wrong yeah it's probably (laughs) pre-fight club so right fight club is 99 I bet it's like 96 or something. So it's yeah. after this. Yeah, but that kind of stuff. Um, also, do you remember the part where Mulder calls someone and uh, his fake name is Marty Mulder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Change yeah. your last name. I know. That's so funny that he like just kept the same last yeah. name. But hey, I'm partial to Marty. So Yeah, Marty's <laughs> a good name. Yeah, Marty's such a good name. So, so you had to watch it a bunch of times just because it didn't make sense, huh? Yeah, I just had to like watch it a bunch of times because I was trying to understand the flow of the character like who who was doing what and it's so weird without scully being there that there's not there's no like balance there's no banter and yeah. his chemistry with this woman who's his girlfriend is like really terrible yeah it feels like they barely like each other right. i bet they broke up right after this Pro- probably immediately it's so weird there's, there's oh, oh go yes, ahead go ahead no you go no ahead. i i just realized there's a moment you can tell that they're like having a hard time connecting in the scenes because <laughs> he's they're like being chased by the vampire or whatever is is happening when they're s- still together where he's like come on and like puts his hand out and she doesn't put her hand in the right place <laughs> they don't like connect it's like a bad baton toss in yeah. like a race and you can see on his face he goes like damn it <laughs> like you can see that he's like oh she missed it again yeah and they're like well we just got to use this one because this is not gonna use- i mean it's so minute but also i i just like zeroed right in no that's it. perfect <laughs> that's exactly how their chemistry is because yeah. there's um she is the, I don't know if you ever watch Entourage, but she's Jerry, Jeremy Piven's wife, Ari Gold's wife from Entourage. Mm-hmm. And she's pretty good on that show, but I don't know what happened here. There's also the part where 
There was a time where we thought that women sh- women shaving men was like a sexy thing. Oh yeah, women shave. I forgot about that. We is like this is this all spun off from the the Katie Lang, uh, Cindy Crawford Rolling Stone cover? Is that what they they're doing on it? <laughs> that well, that was like a pretty. They were shaving each other. Cindy Crawford is shaving Katie Lang yeah. in a, in a barber's chair. That is a reference to other ones, and that, then yeah. and then it just perpetuated itself. But I remember thinking that was sexy, and in college. I this is so dumb. I asked a girl like, "Hey, do you want to shave me?" I thought it was sexy, <laughs> but then the blade was too blunt, oh. and it just like cut me a bunch of times. <laughs> it's not good. It was like this is gross, but it was like <laughs> making a sound as it cut my oh, hair no. just because she wasn't doing it right. It's just like, all right, we've committed to this. We <laughs> have to finish this now, yeah. and then we broke up like shortly thereafter. This is a very like Mulder and his girlfriend kind of a thing. Yeah, you just knew immediately. Well, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, the shape cuz you know that it's in there just so she can cut him and that there's blood. Yeah. Like I could, you know. What's well, also that she got into blood sport apparently cuz mm-hmm. she was abused as a child and then abused Of course. and then abused with her current boyfriend and then they just oh, liked right. the way plate blood tasted and then they got into blood sports which is like a Van Damme movie with an S at the end. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real thing blood sports? I don't know. I mean, I know Water sports is a thing. Water sports is a <laughs> but thing. But not to get super gross. Or n- if that's your thing, it's not gross. Yeah, go I'm just it. saying. If you can find I'm not trying to, to go to a, you know, scatological yeah. kind of a place. Or You're right. But I I mean, I don't know. It, would that be the same thing? Just with blood? Just with blood. Because <sighs> they get into it. And then she has the cut up finger and she gives it to Mulder. And Mulder goes, AIDS. Great sexy talk. <laughs> Great oh, banter. Yeah. He's like, aren't you afraid? Yeah. yeah. Aren't you afraid of AIDS? Every time you do an episode, there's always some sort of yeah. AIDS AIDS thing as part of it. Some, s- but didn't in gender bender didn't weren't they like not afraid of it? Then wasn't that the weird takeaway? Right. Then? And well, then all of a sudden now they are. Well, there's a part where Scully's like, it's hard to imagine anybody mm-hmm. having like mm-hmm. random sex in this AIDS age. <laughs> right. So s- and and in this one there's that too, and then she just goes up to that random Asian guy, and he he's okay with the blood. Mm-hmm. Was that? I don't know if that was a thing. It's so weird. I did just watch Philadelphia recently, and it reminded me how, like, at that time, like in the early '90s, how much we didn't still didn't know about it. Like yeah. How everybody thought you could get it really easily. Still, like that, you just couldn't be around each other. Is the movie saying that the characters don't know, or is does the movie also not know? You know what I mean? In Philadelphia. Yeah. I think the movie. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think the movie still doesn't know, but it's saying that people don't know even more. Like yeah. they're being really ignorant and There's a I haven't seen the movie. I ever? should see it. I've never seen it. It's definitely worth watching. I know sure. there's a part where Tom Hanks is sitting across from Denzel and is like touching his cigars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Denzel's just kind of looking around at it. Yeah. I thought that was a cool scene, but it was like It is a great cuz it's their, their well, it's not them meeting cuz they're in court together yeah. at the beginning of the movie, but it's like their first time actually talking to each other. Yeah. And it is that is like a great scene of somebody being like knowing what's going on and yeah. being terrified. Yeah. That one, it was, uh, I think, for the Oscars, that's the clip that they played or something. So that's that makes where sense. I know it from. Um, there is the, the guy, the first guy, John, the, the son of the three of them, who's uh, when Mulder is like, invest, like uh, talking to him. And Mulder calls him, he basically says, like, frogs eat flies. Like, he calls him a <laughs> frog. Like, that's the insult. <laughs> yeah. What is he talking about in this episode? I don't know. Like, what he's ever. It's all <laughs> weird. How does he know where she lives? Because when he finds the blood bread, 
He puts it in and he's like, she's gone. She's not coming back. And then he's at her house. Right. So she has a house that she lives at. And he knows where the house is. Do we ever see where we... Has he ever been to her house before? I don't think so. There's so much there's, weird... There's a lot of uh, nooks and crannies in this episode. Yeah. That never really present themselves. But I don't think... Isn't there also... Now, I could be, again, completely wrong about this, too. Isn't there some weird, like, natural phenomenon going on? Like, oh. in the sky? Because at the beginning... Oh, yeah. They're, like... Um, there's a fire going they, on. They had to put, like, a weird... The red thing. ...filter over the sky, and you can see it in their hair. Because oh, it's not like, well, they couldn't do it that well, you know, but you can see like around the edges of his hair because his hair is so weird. Yeah. They like couldn't get a good line around it. So it looks like colorization from like, you know, black and white movies or something. Oh, what's going on is there's a fire in the background. Oh, right. And I thought that was actually kind of a cool part is yeah. that in the background of all of this, there's a fire that's raging. It has nothing to do with anything and it never connects into anything. But, <laughs> of course. But it's just like heat and fucking and sex yeah. and... It's like a crossover with vertical blinds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bloody bread. Yeah, it's it's all like very '90s sex, weird body double. I I don't know. Lots of fingers and mouths and stuff, and the first mounds. Did I say mounds? I meant mouths. Yeah, the <laughs> first time you see his girlfriend, you just see her lips. Like the whole thing is just her lips. Because I bet he was like, "Hey, you gotta showcase those lips. You got great lips. <laughs> She's got great lips. That's what we gotta see. <laughs> Best foot forward." Um, and, um, what is the, okay, this is a little part, but that part where the old coroner's trick, do you remember that? Where the guy brings the lamp, he dies, John apparently dies, mm -hmm. and he's got like a thing on his wrist, on, or on his hand. Oh, yeah, the stamp. And he puts a lamp to it, and then he finds the, do you remember what he does? I can't, it had something to he do with like the, the ink being burnt into like the subcutaneous level of oh, so his he skin. So he's like off the top layer of skin? melting the top layer of skin off or something. And then he's like, ah, bingo. <laughs> 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 well, you just peeled that guy's hand off. Yeah. I did like that death scene though. It was pretty great. His, oh. like, his little shoes. His shoes start very, going. Very Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Again, that first conversation that Mulder has with that girl, um, where they're, he's like, uh, uh, how do you define normal? I don't. How do you? <laughs> like, it's such a gross, it's like, so they're like little, like, 14-year-old goths yeah. trying to be all dark and sexy. <laughs> it is sexy. so gothy. Yeah. It's so, I'm not normal. I think she says that at one point. I like death. Um, yeah, I said, I think chemistry is just waiting f to respond for too long. <laughs> um, and having shirts unbuttoned, like three buttons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That big 90s. Those gross guys, Look. yeah. And they, she said, my name's Kristen, it's a normal name. Like, that whole thing of, like, being super proud of being, like, crazy and dark and yeah. weird. What's and also great about this is like, and we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, which is to great. To see like his body versus what bodies are now <laughs> on dudes is like, because I was watching it going like, oh my god, he's like not in good shape, and then I was like, what am I talking about? He's, he's in, in great, great shape. shape. Yeah, I I'm not in that great of shape. Yeah, not that I like work out or anything, but he like works out. He looks great. He looks great. <laughs> he's like but 1992, but he's not like yeah. <laughs> 
could you imagine Mulder now? Like if you did the X Files, he would have to be crazy buff. He would be gigantic. Because in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's really no reason for Chris Pratt to be as buff as he is. Nope. Captain America makes sense as a truth serum. Thor makes sense as a demigod. Uh, With him, there's really no reason for him to be that jacked. He's just like a not at all guy. Because he's just like a dude. He's (laughs) so buff. We're like just upping how buff we get our superheroes to be in movies. Yeah, Mulder would not cut it. He would not cut it at all. He would be on a desk. Yeah, he'd be the nerd. (laughs) This, uh, did you catch the woman's name? It's Kristen, the girlfriend. Her name is Kristen Killar. Like killer, but with an A. Come on now. That's not normal. Jason Vampire with a W. (laughs) (laughs) They have terrible, they're all terrible at coming up with like fake names in this. Um... Marty Mulder. Yeah, <laughs> Marty Mulder. It sounds like a Carmen Sandiego episode <laughs> or something. Like <laughs> going does. after Karen Killar. <laughs> Get the chief on this one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there's another horrible conversation they have where she goes, "Have you ever tasted blood? It tastes dangerous. It's sweet and thick." Was, is that like a cum joke? What is going on? It's, yeah. It's, 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 um, and then. She says one uh, that, you know, they started doing blood sports. And then one night he came home with two others and it turned unnatural. That what she's, that's what she says. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are drinking each other's blood. It's already... It's pretty unnatural. It's pretty unnatural. Uh, the shaving scene, terrible. Um, I... Uh, so, so what happens is she likes blood... I'm trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. She likes blood play mm-hmm. with this guy. Then this guy, who's the son who gets burned up, Ends up meeting two real vampires who convert him, right? I think so, yes. So then the three of them are vampires together, and she runs away. But she's still into blood play, just not into being a vampire. You w- wouldn't you think that would like turn you off? Also, if you're still doing, going to your blood clubs, <laughs> you're going to blood clubs, that's where the vampires are going to hang out. So if you're trying to run away from the vampires, a blood club is the worst place to be, right? I mean, like go to a garlic shop. Go to a garlic shop. <laughs> you know. Why doesn't she work at a garlic shop? <laughs> Go work at an Italian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that a simple. crucifix store. And then you've got red sauce all over the place, so just pretend. I know yeah. it's, it's a it's a bad substitute. I, I bet marinara tastes them. better than blood. Absolutely. It's sweet and thick. It's, it That's is what sweet you and like thick. about it. <laughs> um that Danzig guy, the young Danzig guy, a lot of scream acting. He I noticed he screamed. Almost the entire time. Which is super Danziggy. Very Danziggy. <laughs> and then there's Daddy Danzig, mm-hmm. Son Danzig, and then the Lady Danzig. And then the Lady Danzig. And Daddy Danzig, she just stabs him, right? In the He's like behind the curtain or something. There's something weird about the way it's directed, too, where you can't tell physically where people are somehow. Yeah, because it's in like a weird condo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a, a super weird 90s condo. Yeah. It's probably 80s if it was built then, but... Yeah, you can't tell where the corners of the room yeah. are and where the windows are. So, yeah, the context of this entire episode is very confusing. Yeah, physical and story-wise. And honestly, Mulder should still be looking for Scully. He shouldn't be like, yeah, it, oh, it, I have it, a week off. It feels very strange that he wouldn't be more conflicted in this whole thing, you know? Yeah. That he wouldn't be, like, frustrated or sad. Yeah, or what something. the fuck am I doing here? I should right. go find Scully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he would... 
wouldn't he say something to that woman that he's like sleeping with? Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, if I was really sad, I'd be like, you know, this is great, but I'm just having just so a really you know, hard I'm time. dealing with some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's probably gonna make her more into you. Yeah, more she, sensitive about it. Yeah, she's into like weird shit like that. <laughs> yeah, cut the shaving out and yeah, open up. <laughs> just, just talk, you guys. <laughs> just talk. Is there anything you want? But then say? we get to that in the next episode, so get to what maybe that was they were doing that on purpose because in the next episode someone specifically asks him to talk about his feelings the next so. episode is really uh, i i got kind of like really moved by it yeah i was watching into this room and when it was over i was like kind of just sat here for a second <laughs> took a second yeah yeah um there uh, is anything more you want to say about it before i go on to the next parts of it no i think that's it uh it November 4th, 1994 is when it comes out. Nielsen rating of 9.4. So at this point, X-Files is doing pretty well. 9 million households, like, pretty well. Is it still on Fridays at this point? It's still on Fridays at this point. And I found what the top five Fox TV shows were at this time. And the top five Fox TV shows are Beverly Hills 90210, Mm -hmm. Married with Children, then The X-Files, Melrose Place, and The Simpsons. The Simpsons is below X-Files at this point. I thought Simpsons I was always sense. huge, wasn't it? I mean, it kind of wouldn't. Would this be around the time where they released uh, the Simpsons sing the blues? I feel oh, like that I was like know. kind of a dip where they were like, "Oh, we took it a little too far. Was we're sorry. We'll come back. <laughs> we'll <take laughs> we're gonna a make a video game. It's gonna be a lot better." <laughs> so Simpsons sing the blues. People are like, "All right, enough. Uh, cut it out. I can't. <laughs> I do not want to do the Bartman anymore." <laughs> Do you remember Trouble, Deep, Deep Trouble? That was another one of the songs on, on that the, album. I used to skip around on that album, on yeah. that cassette. I would just listen to The Bartman. And, uh, the Bartman was a huge hit. It was huge, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the other one that I would Dude, listen to. Dude, The Bartman. To. Maybe Born Under a Bad Sign or something. My grandmother would tell me to turn that off every time. Now I understand. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really music. <laughs> it's not pleasant to listen to. This is, no, sorry. It's just screechy voices. <laughs> um Co-writer Glenn Morgan felt doing an episode on vampires was a mistake and said that they also took heat for having Mulder fall for Kristen. Co-writer James Wong was also disappointed, saying that the script was a lot better than the show, that the episode was weakened when Fox censors had problems with the episode. Um, Mulder said that he had logic problems and he didn't like the uh, shaving scene also. And he said some female fans, fans became extremely jealous at the sight of Mulder kissing Perry Reeves. Uh... And you could see in the message boards, people are really upset about it. Whoa. People get really angry about it. The fans were upset. They just, they weren't upset in the way of, like, they were clearly Mm -hmm. jealous. It's weird. At this point, the fandom is becoming, like, so formed that they really are, they're, they're getting really defined. So they, they, they've really connected to Mulder and Scully, like, there's different groups right now, and... They don't say they're jealous. It's not like a fun thing. Like, oh, that sucks that Mulder's with that girl. They're like really angry about it. Like Mulder would not do that. Right. It's that kind of stuff. And then people are kind of trolling. Like this one guy said, well, I finally got the much ballyhooed photo of Gillian Anderson topless of the BBS or whatever. Wow. She's not just IDDG. She's DDG. You know what that is? No. Okay. So. DDG is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, okay. And I looked up IDDG is Intelligent Drop Dead Gorgeous. And these are real terms. Yes. And him saying she's not just IDDG, she's DDG, means that she's not just hot for an intelligent woman. She's like just hot. hot. 
Yeah. She's just hot. Yeah. So there's no like caveats to her hotness. Sure. Um, and then people are uh, angry at him. That's a bunch of crap. There's no picture like that. There's other people saying that if you do a freeze frame step by step view of the girl vampire jumping the old guy in the hot tub, there is a definite nipple shot on <laughs> on it. So and a lot of people are talking about that. Definite nipple. Definite nipple <laughs> shot. Um, and then this was a big thing. I found this a big conversation. Oh, and then when um, people said that about Gillian Anderson, actually, I should read this other part. Also, um, people uh, really get into like, because because a lot of people had been saying like you know, that Scully gained weight or whatever because she was pregnant. She was having a baby. So then <laughs> so then someone wrote this. She called she called it a feminist rant and she wrote this long thing and people got were like really angry at her and that was a big fight. Mm -hmm. And, and then was, like, was somebody like, what are you, Jezebel? And then... <laughs> I was like, oh! But gee, and then the internet exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting how... Because in the beginning, now this is a year past when I first started reading these message boards, the internet is becoming, is turning into what it is today. Oh, like, that quickly. That quickly. Yeah. It's sort of like watching a baby like learn to drive, you know? Like I'm kind of <laughs> proud yeah. of it. I'm like, oh, you're becoming the internet. I know I'm here. Yeah. But because just like yesterday, Emily posted something about being a feminist and then people were like, you shouldn't use labels. And oh, it yeah, became I like a big, that. people are still having the same arguments that we were having 20 years ago. <laughs> People are saying you shouldn't use labels. Yeah. <laughs> but they're identities. It's I know. not when you are calling yourself something, it's not a label. It's a label if somebody puts it on you. Yes. Then it's a label. Exactly. <laughs> when have you ever been like I, that, that oh God? It drives <laughs> yeah. me crazy. Well, it's and it's still happening twenty yeah, years still later. Happening. The exact same thing. The exact same thing. This, I'm trying to find this thing that this guy had said where he was talking about how uh they used to have Scully be be like uh, wearing revealing clothing a lot more, and that it wasn't cool that they weren't doing it anymore. Revealing clothing. Well, just I, I mostly don't know. remember like sweater sets and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sweater sets, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so now this is another thing I found on it. I'm gonna read this whole uh, letter because it became sort of a big thing this week over there, and this is addressed to Chris Carter. Um, so if you remember, the woman said she became into blood play because she was getting abused. And this person says, I've been a long time fan of the X-Files. I thought this was the best American show on TV. I'm afraid that tonight someone blew it. I'm, of course, referring to your episode three. I'm writing this as an abuse survivor. I'm very upset with the portrayal of the abuse victim, in quotes. I would like to know if anyone involved in the writing of this episode consulted with anyone who has dealt with the abuse issues portrayed in this show. The, the characterizations trivialized and exploited issues that have very real impact on some members of your audience and give very so false impressions to non-survivors. I am deeply disappointed. I'm very upset as this episode was very triggering. Uh, shows that deal with these issues should at least treat the issues and characters with some dignity and respect. This was obviously missing. A little research on the party writers would have hopefully led to a less exploitative depiction. Ignorance is not a sufficient excuse in this case for the possible damage th this episode may have caused to some. I would like to continue this conversation in more depth privately. Please email me directly. So she's like... <laughs> to Chris Carter. To Chris Carter. <laughs> right. On this message board. Let's I also have together. a couple ideas for some shows. Yeah, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a great one. Octopus Monster. Use that if you can. Uh, and then people are getting upset at her. It's not that we don't sympathize, but frankly, it's not news group material to grab about something so personal. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not. I really saw nothing wrong in the portrayal of tonight's episode. Not every <laughs> abuse case is a ditto of another. This portrayal was very general, I thought. 
This one is not offending. Someone else said, I agree. It's unfortunate there are people who have met with adversity in one degree or another in their lives, but that doesn't mean that nobody can mention these adverse acts in fiction. I personally saw nothing wrong with the way the writers drove Perry's character, and not to belittle anyone's plight, but I could find something insensitive in pretty much everything I see on TV if I felt the need to do so. Just because a writer uses a certain dilemma to drive a plot doesn't mean he or she is purposely being insensitive. What do you, what do you think of that? Which part? The whole Just thing? Just the whole thing. What's your take on it? Well, I mean, I think that person... Uh, am I correct to assume it's a woman? Yes. Th- okay. Um, I, I think she has a point. Obviously, she has a point because she's been through something and yeah. then she watched a show and it she didn't like the way it was depicted. Yeah. And I can totally see her point that... I mean, it is a little bit like... She doesn't need to be an abuse survivor to be into blood sport. And actually, to not be an abuse survivor and be into blood sport, to me, would be more interesting. Right. It's kind of like a movie trope that we have a lot now. Like in 300 Part 2, I saw that. You saw 300 Part 2? Yeah, whatever that one is. 301 or whatever. Is that what it's called? Um, I can't remember what it's called. Rise of an Empire. Yes. Um, it's a Which prequel. was like fun. You know, uh-huh. it was not super worth watching, but the female villain her motivation is that she was a slave and she was just raped through her entire childhood so that's why she wants to kill everybody yeah so uh it's interesting to me that we always have to add that to women to make their motivations for power or weirdness or whatever it is they're doing comes from to make more sense and i think it's like as a culture we have to have something terrible happen for women to be weird or powerful or we could just have women That's be right. powerful or weird i mean there's you know? such a whole uh subgenre of like women revenge movies like yes. enough or double i spit Jeopardy. on your grave and all that i stuff. spit on your grave is one mm-hmm. of the original ones or like i think last house on the left is that so all of these movies that are like women are wronged and then they rise up mm-hmm. and get angry and you're right it, usually some sort of abuse or sexual abuse is the reason that that For happens. Sure. You can't just have a powerful woman be a powerful woman. Because why would she do that? Because like women she? are not like that. You, there has to be a reason. Right? Yeah. What ha- who hurt you? Yeah, who hurt, who why did are you so confident you? right now? Why, why are you happy? <laughs> oh, because someone beat the shit out of you? Okay, well, that makes sense. All right, now <laughs> I understand. Um, People really hated this episode on the message boards. What a disappointment. Three was, you got that right. I even like space better than this. And (laughs) I don't really like space. Um, That's a big burn. Yeah. But overall, (laughs) I'd have to say that this is one of my all-time bottom five episodes. Uh, Mulder needs Scully back by his side and pronto. My wife and I were appalled as Mulder showed the good sense to wait in the suspect's home alone with no one aware of his whereabouts. Take a shower. Let her take a razor to his face. And, well, you know the rest. Has he lost his mind? Even if this woman was everything he had ever fantasized about, he was totally out of line as an FBI agent and as someone who wanted to avoid being a murder victim. They talk about the everyone talks about the bl- blood, blood bread. Um, people are like, uh, one guy was like, did Curtis Carter actually see three before it aired? I have to wonder <laughs> because I can't believe that he would let a sloppy show with continuity flaws and a bad script go on the air. Uh, it's a. Uh, Really, why would he pursue a stranger who has bread with blood in her oven? So Stay at her house, try to protect her from what well, I'm not even sure because the script was full of holes. Maybe he was trying to protect her from this poorly written script. Because like she's a pro- she's part of the problem. So why oh, yeah, is she, she the you, like? So why are you? It doesn't make any. She's 
I was so surprised that she wasn't part of the vampire crew and was yeah. trying to run away from them. Why wouldn't she tell somebody or do something? Cause, and she's still, like I said, hanging out at blood clubs where they would be hanging out. Yeah. It makes no sense. Um, this guy. I just thought this was interesting. Whoa, oh. Nelly. Yes. Oh, I just realized, did, some, did the fire haze have to do with them being able to be out more? The vampires? Oh, did they? Because it was like not as sunny. We had, it was like a Forks, Washington kind of a situation. But they do just open the window and the guy burns. Okay. But that's that would have been an interesting thing to throw in there. <laughs> yeah, if that was what it was supposed to be. Maybe Why? I was filling that in and just trying to make it more interesting. They said that a lot of it got cut out, so it does maybe feel like this was an episode that had a bunch more stuff that then they had to be like, well, we lost 20 minutes. How do we make up that time? Just have them wait longer to respond to each other. <laughs> that's how we'll get to the 45 minutes we need to get to. <laughs> that would have been interesting. That's yeah. actually a fun idea. If there's fire yeah. and it blocks out the sun and now vampires can walk around during the day. They can be out and about. Well, Nelly, okay, I think it's safe to say that this episode was one of the racier ones. Fox and Kristen swapping spit was very interesting. Too bad that was all we got to see. Um interesting i don't know if it's interesting it, it does there's always like creeps on this board now so that's that's that one i wanted to talk about that one because it comes at such an interesting time in the season scully's gone Mulder's alone the x-files are open so it's in terms of that it's important because the x-files reopen in this episode but what a weird episode to like have important stuff happen in. it's super weird i think mostly because of the continuity yeah. issues because there, there's a lot of things that they could be doing like setting up his confusion or sadness or whatever or showing you like how bad of a job he does when scully's not around right but it never really goes all the way where you're like oh that's what they're trying to show me and that yeah. makes sense no like, you have to like later be like maybe that's what is that it what is? that was <laughs> yeah he misses scully so he'll have sex with this vampire lady yeah He'll just do whatever. Yeah. He'll, he'll go rogue on everything. Yeah. He'll go to weird, like, horrible Spencer clubs <laughs> in his normal suit. Right. It would have been good if he was, under, like, trying to, like, go as... As Marty Mulder yeah. to the club. <laughs> Marty <laughs> Mulder. With, like, a fanny pack and, like, a <laughs> visor on. That's the fun party one. <laughs> party Marty. Hey, so, hope you guys are enjoying this episode. We're going to be talking about one breath soon, but I just wanted to re-mention that this episode... Episode. Hmm. Yep, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code XFILESFILES at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Um, so, yeah, guys, please go try it. This is really the only way you can support this show. Uh, this show, honestly, it takes a lot of research. You know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch X-Files and talk about it. And then I've sort of been adding segments to it. And it just, it does, I mean, the, the message boards and, you know, finding out trivia about the episode, it is, it's a lot of work. And the message board is getting harder and harder every day. What would be better is if I, oh, good, this is going to be very tough to tie it back into Squarespace. What would be ta better is if we had a Squarespace website that had already organized all the messages. See, I told you it was tough, but what would not be tough is making the website using Squarespace. It's going to be simple and easy. They have a lot of beautiful designs. You can drag and drop content on there. They have 24-7 support through live chat and email. Uh, they're located in New York City, Dublin, and Portland. 
plans start at just $8 a month, and it includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, they also, uh, every site comes with an online store, so if you want to sell something, you know, this is the way to do it. You just set up a, a, a page, and you can sell whatever you want. What do you want to sell? Um, ice cream? Well, I, you probably would need some sort of permits to just sell food. Also, it's going to be hard to ship. I probably picked the worst possible example I could. Dog food? No, probably need probably need some sort of permits for that. But if you're making buttons, see, there you go. Buttons or like uh, patches, uh, shoes. You could just make shoes and sell them. Uh, you can start a trial with no credit card required. You can start building your shoe selling website today. And when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code XFILESFILES to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the X-Files files. Uh, I want to thank Squarespace for the support of the X-Files files. And, um, oh, here, I'm going to do another ad within this ad that'll tie it into this ad. So we have a, uh, I mentioned my TV show earlier, The Meltdown with Joan and Kumail is on right now. And you know what would have been better is if I had gotten off my ass and made a website for it. Uh, Comedy Central has their own website, but that's in their own thing. I should have just gone to squarespace.com, entered the offer code for my own podcast, gotten 10% off because that, I mean, that's awesome for everybody and just made a website and started selling stuff and started promoting it. That's what I should have done. In fact, you know what? I promise you, I will make my own website. I have the URL using Squarespace. Um, Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. And now back to the show. Oh, and I found out that uh, they were supposed to do, so you watched Dwayne Barry in Ascension, right? Mm -hmm. So this next episode, One Breath, was supposed to be right after that, but they weren't ready to start shooting it. So they had to put in a different episode uh. to shoot. So that also explains this was done like really quickly to like sort of shoehorn in mm -hmm. in between the, the bigger episodes. Yeah, it definitely weirdly shifts the momentum like <laughs> sideways. <Yeah. laughs> like, it's a whole other it thing. It just doesn't. Oh, but now we're back. And now we're back. Uh, so the next episode, One Breath, directed by R.W. Goodwin, who directed a bunch of them, written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who've, who've written a bunch of great episodes. They usually write, I believe they write, like sort of Scully-centric episodes. Um, so this is the one where she comes back. And what did you think of this one? Um, I really liked it. Yeah. It was pretty great. I watched it a couple times, and um, I love the opening scene with Dana's mom. Well, first of all, that actress sounds just like her. Like the, like uh, like, like Dana? Yeah, it yeah. sounds like Scully when she's... Because I, I had to like rewind it and yeah. listen to it again. Um, but I love where they're sitting. It reminds me of Aliens. It reminds me of the beginning of Aliens. Oh, what do you mean? Because <laughs> in Aliens, um, Paul Reiser's talking to Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And they're in like a hospital that has like a fake atrium uh -huh. or like arboretum or whatever. Yeah. And it looks just like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a set, but I, I yeah. just love that it staging. Had, it had that weird, when the if it start, when it first starts, you see images like mm -hmm. birds flying, just trees. And it looks like those music videos they have where they just have like scripture over them. <laughs> yeah. And they just have like shots of God's bounty in the background. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like. But I thought it really worked as like an idealized version of, you know, how you remember your childhood and stuff. So... When it first started, I was like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, but it really kind of worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, I really was like kind of moved by it. And then the end of the cold open is a fucking tombstone for Scully. <laughs> yeah. That's hardcore. It's super hardcore. And also, it feels a little bit like jumping the gun. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for I bet sure. The tombstone manufacturers were like, hey, we should just 
You should probably get one just we'll in just case, right? We'll just make one right now. Let's just, let's just do it. I mean, she's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> she's halfway out the door. And listen, if she comes back, great. You've just, you know you're going to need one. Yeah. Just change the date. <laughs> yeah, just you're going to need one. Yeah. Here's an eraser. You yeah. can just change it later. <laughs> Bring Super it in. easy. Bring it in for 30 bucks. We'll change the date. <laughs> <laughs> just get like those slide in numbers like that you have for oh, mailboxes yeah exactly that's oh. what it should be uh but i thought th that one was really uh that was that really got me seeing that what is interesting in this episode is that she's sort of hanging on for dear life and the whole time you know that she's not gonna die i know there's fucking nine seasons of this show yeah. even if you're watching it then you know she's part of the show uh fox had made it really clear that because on these message boards when she got pregnant and she's getting kidnapped. People were like, where is she leaving the show? They had made it very clear that she wasn't leaving the show. Mm -hmm. So no one knows she's going to die. So it's tough to sort of get an emotional reaction when you know that nothing bad is really going to happen. But it really still worked. Like, I was still worried about her, even mm -hmm. though I knew she was... Uh, intellectually, I knew it was going to make sense yeah. that she was going to come out of it. Yeah. But emotionally, like, I was really, like, tied into it. And they did an interesting thing, because she's in a coma, not very cinematic, but they do that sort of imagery of her on the boat with the rope. The boat is great. I thought it worked really well. I also love that she had a little back pillow. She had a back pillow in, on the in boat? In the like, visualization, it's like in her mind, but even in that, like, they had to give her a back pillow. She just had a baby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was like a little decorative back pillow, <laughs> which if it's just a projection of your mind, you don't, you'd be fine. You'd feel great. You wouldn't need but a back pillow. she had to have yeah. a back pillow. Why would you? Yeah, because she's... Weird backstory. I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. um, oh, backstory. You know, on me. <laughs> well, you'll know this probably. I just had to say it because, and mm -hmm. it's going to sound heavy, but it's not. But you know Emily was sick for a while, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So she was, it's interesting because Emily, who's totally fine, by the way, and I just have to say this because whenever I watch this episode, I can't not have that connection to it. So Emily was in a coma for basically eight days. Mm -hmm. And I was, so I really, that thing that Mulder has, well, first of all, she had those kinds of weird dreams where they she sort of knew she was in a hospital and there were certain characters that mm -hmm. like like there was a doctor she said who had sticky candy hands and that was because you know she they had like all sorts of like patches on her oh, like, yeah. so it was sticky and like tape where they would put the like the injections in and stuff so she was reacting to that so she sort of remembered that there was one doctor who was just a floating head of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was one of the doctors. Yeah. So you sort of, you know, before that, I always thought it was weird when they're talking to people in comas, but some part of you does hear it, mm -hmm. and there is some sort of, like, dream logic happening. So in her logic, she thought I was sick, and that's why she was in the hospital. It's because I was sick, but, mm -hmm. but really she was sick. But so so that part I thought really worked because one cinematically is showing someone in a coma. It, there's not much to it, but then they show the boat. You sort of see what's going on, and it's something that kind of is real, kind of makes sense, kind of really happens because it's all. I'll read it later, but it's written. It's based on a book by a guy by a doctor who was in a coma for like a month, mm -hmm. and so he had these dreams and he he wrote about it, and that's sort of what it's based on. Also, the thing that I really connected with in Mulder was that you he's in a situation where really he has no agency he's not a doctor he so he can't fix her so he's sort of looking for other things to do like when the guy takes the blood she, he fucking chases after the right. guy he gets the address he goes you know he gets angry at and that's how sort of i felt was like you know i have no expertise in i can't make her better 
So you go in, like, you know, you get the tires in her car fixed or you, like, <laughs> yeah. get new curtains or whatever it is, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really connected with that, the idea of feeling helpless and then wanting to do something and not being able to do something directly, but doing other stuff around it just to feel like you're doing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I thought that all that stuff was really good and and like not being able to sit there because it's like you you want to sit with that person but you yeah. you are also a person so you can't sit there for twenty four hours and yeah just you be you know like you have to find something to do and you have to well that's a big thing for Mulder I think in this episode is taking that step from when his I think it's the sister or the mom tells him to just go talk to her. When mm -hmm. he finally goes and talks to her, mm -hmm. that was such a big step for him because he's sort of trying to do all this other stuff, run around, solve the mystery, and then realizes, like, I should just go talk to her. And that's, mm -hmm. like, confronting the thing that's scariest is obviously the person that he is connected to the most in the world is very, very sick, and he can't do anything about it except just go talk to her. And he has this great line where he says, I don't know if me being here helps you, but I'm here. And it really, I don't know, that was I, I, that really was affecting to me. I loved that it was so short and succinct, you know, like when he finally went back, it was just like one sentence. You well, know? It wasn't like a big speech no. or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just kind of saying like, oh, I'm finally here. Yeah. And that's it. Period. Yeah, and I thought that there's the scene where her Scully's dad comes and talks to her, and I thought that was interesting on a couple levels. One, you you didn't watch the episode where it's from season one called Beyond the Sea. It's the one where I just rewatched it, so I remember it. It's the one where Scully's dad dies, and there's a psychic who's in prison who says that he can talk to her dad, and it's like, I have a message from your dad, and then Scully doesn't listen to it. Mm -hmm. And that always bummed me out because the guy was a real psychic. She knew he was a real psychic. She knew he had a real message, and she didn't want to listen to it. And I was like, well, why would she not want to? But in this episode, she kind of gets that message. Right. She sort of, he, he, he says this long speech. I'm going to, I have the whole speech. I'm going to read it. He says, hello, Starbuck. It's Ahab. People would say to me, life is short. Kids, they grow up fast, and before you know it, it's over. I never listened. For me, life went at a proper pace. There were many rewards until the moment that I knew I understood that I would never see you again, my little girl. Then my life la felt as if it had been the length of one breath, one heartbeat. I never knew how much I loved my daughter until I could never tell her. At that moment, I would have traded every medal, every commendation, every promotion for one more second with you. We'll be together again, Starbuck, but not now soon i thought that was a really like great moving speech and like pretty simple yeah and it's exactly what she needed to hear from her dad yeah it cuts like right to you know going from the last episode that was confusing and all over the place yeah. it didn't make any sense to going like oh wow this is really this is really well written <laughs> and yeah. not there's not a lot of like uh floweriness to it or anything yeah. it's just straightforward like oh i would probably say that or want to yeah. hear that from my dad exactly you don't want to. You don't need a big speech from him. You mm -hmm. just want him to like sort of say simply how he feels, which is such a great move in an episode mm. that is like existential, yeah. visually, yeah, and so sort of bizarre of like you know people coming in and out of spaces that don't necessarily make sense because they're like dreamscapes. Yes, so it's a it's a good match instead of it being like weird warbly or like a floating head or what you, you yeah. know like just silly Sticky crazy candy stuff hands. exactly yeah K kareem abdul jabbar floating head, head. yeah <laughs> i was like you didn't know you were dreaming there's so many clues <laughs> yeah. i remember when she came out of it and she was telling me about because she she when she came out 
she was still sort of woozy, and so she still had trouble sure. uh, dream from reality for a, f- for a few days. So you kind of like, she would be telling me, she's like, oh, hey, where's the doctor? And I was like, which doctor? She's like, you know, the one with the <laughs> sticky candy hands. And then as she would say it, she's like, oh, right, that was probably <laughs> part of the dream. <laughs> yeah. And then she would be like, the doctor was just a floating head. Okay, that was probably <laughs> just a dream. Yeah. But it was interesting to see her brain like waking up yeah. and sort of gra- like sort of coming back to reality. Yeah, like, like Dana's nurse Owens at the end. Yeah, what's that about? What do you think that is? I mean, is this something that comes back later? I don't remember. Um, so it could be people on the message boards talk about it. Is it an angel mm-hmm. or is it someone that the... Because the thing is, she sort of shows up in the hospital. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. So to me... Scully, just speculate. Scully just shows up in the hospital. Yeah, Scully yeah. just shows up in mm-hmm. the hospital and they don't know how. To me, it could be, and I'm just speculating because I don't remember, mm-hmm. that it could be however they got her there, they had a nurse there whose job it was to give her like the medication that would actually fix her. Mm-hmm. That hospital has terrible security. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. a guy who just snatches blood. People are blood. taking bl- blood samples yeah. and people show up willy-nilly and they're like yeah we don't know how she got here but she's here so how could you not know how she got here they have no security cameras at all look up the letters (laughs) uh what did you think of her uh sister i thought she was cool yeah you know granola yeah real crystals and stuff crystals and stuff yeah it's funny that dana didn't want to hear from a psychic when she has a psychic sister i think that kind of makes sense they're yeah. like opposites like yeah. she's probably like my like fucking no i'm sis- not in it. my sister's into this shit i don't want to hear any of it yeah <laughs> yeah i remember i used to have a huge crush on her sister you know why because she had that little neck choker thing yes the classic choker yeah the, like uh didn't like kathy griffin have one of those and like yeah news radio that those were Oh man, those things! Are they not around? I always love those. Those things. real high chokers, just yeah. like mid neck. Yeah. <laughs> I think I tried to wear one. I was like, no, this is way <laughs> too feminine for me. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I don't know. I always, I always like those things. Um, oh yeah, and then Mulder says to her, "I need to do more than just wave my hands in the air." Which I thought that's sort of his arc this episode is that him trying to like make things better and do and fix things and then him realizing that he can't. And when he realized that is when she finally comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, again, in this one, I really miss, I realized last episode and this one, I'm, I really just miss Scully, you know? Yeah, she really balances out the show. Yeah. <laughs> she has like, a, like we were saying the last time I was on, she's really the... The thing that makes sense, the way that you enter the world is through her. Yeah. Because she's so much more level-headed than Mulder. And and super smart and, mm-hmm. like, always, like, explores all the different possibilities before landing on one, mm-hmm. you know. And so you realize... She reads things. Excuse me? <laughs> she reads things before she, she... Yeah. Like, just goes and finds bloody bread or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And she would take a specimen of the bloody bread. Yeah. Take... <laughs> is this human blood? So many <laughs> yeah, questions. Yeah. You have uh, no questions. Yeah. Oh, I know what this is. It's a Hungarian old wives' tale. <laughs> Even is it? I don't know. I can't remember. He says something like it's an old, oh, blah, that blah, keeps blah, you safe. Like, that it keeps you safe. Yeah, that's right. Not to jump back to the other episode, but you would think that even if you were into blood, baking into bread, you would not be into because it was so. Like if you cut it, all the blood's just gonna stay in the it's pan. Come out. I don't. Ugh, no. You should. 
you would I I would think if you want to combine bread and bread blood and bread you'd want to do some sort of french toast situation where oh, you yeah. like mm-hmm. sort of fry the bread with like blood and stuff yeah i T- would think toss so. it around yeah toss it around <laughs> toss it around get some vanilla on there get some vanilla in there maybe a little cinnamon you know yeah <laughs> live a little i don't like cinnamon but <laughs> i mean if you like it if go you for like it. it put it on there i would put some like banana slices on there <laughs> i like that um I like uh, the Lone Gunmen are coming back more and more. Do you like those guys? I love those guys. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't forget about them, but f- it, seeing them was like hearing the theme song again. I was like, yeah. oh man, these guys. And also the um, John Fitzgerald Byers, the the one in the suit. Yes. He had like a character bit on the L word. Really? Like so I think just one episode, he played a hotel clerk uh-huh it's actually great he's really good he's it's, good it's like it? a 30 second scene but he's really good he sent me an email oh yeah yeah he I, he sent me a great email that i'm gonna read on the air one awesome. of these things i've probably already read it by the time this one comes out um they say they're gonna like they're like hey come by we're gonna nitpick the scientific inaccuracies of earth 2 do you know what earth 2 is no it was a show that only lasted one season that had just started then, and it was an NBC or ABC show. So it was like a rival sci-fi show. Yeah. So this was their like fucking dig at <laughs> Earth too. Like fuck you, you don't yeah. do this. We're doing this. We've ar- we've got this. I looked it up. It's got, it has like monsters and stuff in it. Oh, hacking genius, the thinker. You know that's the guy they talked to. Yeah. Based on, and I've read this guy's letters. I just don't read their mess, their names. But on the message boards, there's a guy. His name's Duh Thinker. D U H Thinker. Who like knows? Were you? Did I talk to you about the different kinds of guns that they have, or was it somebody else? Maybe it was I somebody else. I feel like else. guns came up, and and maybe well, anyway. I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. But he was the guy who knew all of that. So he, so then he was this guy who knew all the minutia of X Files, and they named the character after him. Holy from crap! From message boards, that's pretty cool. That right? would be pretty rad. Yeah. Um. I always loved the Garth one. I can't think of his name. Which one? <laughs> the one that looks like Garth. Oh yeah, that is character Dean design. Is like he was yeah. On the podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Frohicky. Yeah. No, not mm-hmm. Frohicky. Langley. Langley. Yeah. Frohicky is the older one who's in love with Scully. Yes, that brings the flowers. That brings the flowers. I thought that scene where they uh, it, it has enough like science in it for me to buy it because they were like, well, they did some sort of genetic testing. We don't know what it is. Branch DNA, they called it like a high-tech ID card, it's enough that it tells you something happened, you don't know exactly what it is, and that the byproduct of that is what's killing her. It, right. To me, that was enough science to be like, oh, yeah, doctors are not going to be able to solve this. Uh, well, you know something happened, you don't know exactly what. Like, to me, that was the exactly the right amount of, like, science to put in that. Oh, for sure, yeah. For her being sick. Just enough, like, hacking... We've been hacking the mainframe, or yeah. what? Just enough yeah. of that to be enough like, of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we got it. That whole thing that they, that the nurse is always whispering to Scully, where it's like, "You gotta fight, you gotta fight." And I, again, I always thought that was cheesy, that kind of stuff, where you like talk to people in coma and be like, "You gotta fight." But these nurses, when Emily was sick, they would do that, and they say that that stuff, it really does come to a person like has to like actually fight, like some mm-hmm. part of you has to fight to like get out of this thing Mm -hmm. and i think that even though scully doesn't talk a lot in this her like sort of fight to like get out of it i thought i thought that was very moving like it really you know uh i don't know again i really sort of connected to her like 
struggle and even though she doesn't talk in this one much she comes out of this one feeling like very powerful feeling very strong to me oh yeah and it's not she's so subtle yeah and uh jillian anderson is just so because you could really overdo that and make it really melodramatic yeah. she doesn't really do anything no she's really uh contemplating life yeah basically life yeah. and death the whole episode yeah. so you could really really do a bad job with that <laughs> you um, could really do a bad <laughs> you job could really run that into the ground yeah a lot of room to fuck that up but when she's like <laughs> sitting in the boat and the rope severs i was like no yeah, don't yeah. even though i know she's gonna make it yeah i didn't like that mm-hmm. I, I wanted her to make it i wanted her to make it faster this is apparently shot just a couple of days after she had her kid oh yeah which is also you know why yeah. she had to sit all the time yeah exactly i this remember at the time I, it had to have been when this episode happened but i there were two girls they were twins in my class and I don't know, sixth grade, I guess, who were like super fans of the show. And I was like trying to cover up being a nerd, you know, yeah. so I like never talked about it. Yeah. And we, I went to Catholic school. So like every morning or however often we would pray in a circle and each really? person would bring something up. And I think this is what happened. I could be wrong, but they were huge fans of the show. So it's totally viable that this happened, that one of them prayed for Dana Scully and the other one prayed for Jillian Anderson. Oh. Because it, you know, crazy stuff was happening for her in real life. Yeah, she like had a she, baby. It was like kind of hard. It was a struggle for her to have this baby. But they also were like praying for the character. How did you feel about that? that I was sounds... like, this is that's pretty intense. <laughs> that is. They are super fans. You think they had a, like a talk? Like, all right, I'm gonna take Scully. <laughs> you take Ju- no, yeah. I want Scully. No, I. We already we went over this. Yeah. Rock paper scissors. Yeah. Who 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 prays for what? I thought it was gonna be Scully and Mulder, but it's way better <laughs> that it's the no, ca- it's both. It's the character and the act actress. Both versions. Yeah, I thought that was re- again when Mulder's like chasing after that guy to like get him, and then Mr. X fucking kills that guy yeah i really like the character of mr x because he's different from deep throat and that he's terrified of something bad happening to him mm-hmm. and he feels like there's a darkness to him and he feels like like how Mulder could end up if he doesn't like do things right sure Where clearly this was a guy who cared at one point and now he kind of cares but also kind of doesn't but it's also like on the fringe yeah of like losing it he's on the fringe of losing it he's he was really sweaty like in just this episode. like totally covered in glycerin so sweaty also this is because I, I looked up a couple of things this is like the first time that Mulder puts x's on the windows oh is it and i was watching a couple episodes of orange is the new black uh-huh. in the second season this is not a spoiler for orange is the new black other than saying something that happens in an episode but it has nothing to do with any plots okay sophia in the second season in an episode they are putting tape on the windows uh-huh. and they put it in X's and she goes, X's on the windows. I don't know if I would do that. And oh. I was like, is this, cause then I watched this, read that trivia thing. And I was like, is that a weird X-Files, X-Files, reference? X-Files reference? Cause like why, of course you would put X's on the windows. Yeah. Which that's one's what Sophia? That's um, Laverne Cox. Okay. So like if, huh. if that is like planting a tiny seed that Sophia is, is like an X-Files, is an X-Files fan? fan on Orange is the New Black, then it is the best show that's ever existed. <laughs> She's nominated for an Emmy. I hope she wins. Everybody on they that all show is nominated. Are, yeah. They're all nominated against each other. Yeah. I feel like she's going to win, though. Um, yeah, I hope Just so. She's, she's, like, killing it, and she's, like, out of everybody, show. the highest profile person on that show, I feel like. Probably because there's so many characters. After the show, you know. After the show, yeah. Not going into it, but... 
Mr. X says, I used to be you, but you're not me, Mulder. I don't think you have the heart. He's trying to get Mulder to quit. Um, it also shows, like, when he kills that guy and he's like, I'll attend to this. Mm -hmm. like, just how powerful this guy is, I guess, yeah. that he could just, like, make bodies disappear. So he's got to have someone else helping him. Oh, yeah. Because he's not dragging the body around on his own, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the part where Mulder's arguing with the doctors, I like that because I remember I would do that a lot. I would be like, obviously, I have no fucking idea. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing here is like Mulder's like arguing with them. They're like, you don't really have any. I didn't like, though, that Scully's sister is immediately ac advocating for her death. Like, immediately, oh, yeah. like, we should Well, th this is what she said, so... We should kill her. Yeah, right. We have the tombstone. <laughs> yeah. If we, we do already it right now, it. we won't have to change the year, just the date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be and they're going to give us 30% off <laughs> if she's in the ground before the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have Because she's also, like, the psychic, so wouldn't she be, like, the sensitive one? Or like more like, why don't we give it time? She's still. I, don't I know. think she's the one being sensitive in that she's she's like we should let go. We've R learned yeah. that maybe letting go is fine. Also, the, the Scully sisters probably have a fucking ton of weirdness. Oh sure. Because this one has weirdness with the mom. Mm -hmm. So I think they they probably like don't like each other or whatever. <laughs> so she's. <laughs> Just going against the mom and being like, kill the sister. Yeah. I, I win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again. Oh, no. For the first time. Scully's a fucking doctor. Oh, yeah. This woman's a crystal psychic. She lives in the canyon and like, yeah. makes masks for a living. <laughs> I have a note that says twins that prayed for Dana. But, oh, yeah, that's my story. Yeah. It's like trying to think of what that was. And then I, yep, no, I told the story. that's pretty good. Already. I love that. Um Again, I thought that the, the rope getting severed and stuff is like a fun symbolic way to show that. And then I, uh, uh, Skinner's thing with the cigarette smoking man where he has a sign where he says, thank you for not smoking. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty badass. Although when you have to think of like, he has to go like, all right, so I want to show him that I'm going to stand up against him. So I should go get a thing that says, thank you for not smoking. And that'll <laughs> be a great badass move. Yeah. But I did think it was badass. I yeah. like him pushing. Like, you could see him at like Office Max going like, which thank you for not smoking sign yeah. should I get? Which That's one shows my intensity? Yeah. It's going to be black. It's going to be intense. Big letters because he's an old guy. So he has to be able to read <laughs> it from a distance. I don't know how far he's going to be standing from me. So if he's far... Still have to be able to read you it. Gotta, ha gotta have like a three to six foot reading distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but, but, but he's like so shitty to Mulder. Like Mulder just asked him who Cancer Man is. By the way, the message boards hated that they call him Cancer Man because the message boards have been calling him Cigarette Smoking Man. Mm -hmm. And on the show, the first time, they, this is the first time they call him Cancer Man. Yeah. And the message boards really hated him. Were that. they calling him the Smoking Man before? The and message boards have, oh, these guys? I mean, on the show. I don't think Did on the show that called him anything. Anything, yet. yeah. So they were just upset. Um, and then Mulder says something like, maybe I did something to like put her into it. And Skinner says, then you're as much to blame for a condition as Cancer Man. That's a really shitty thing to say. Mm -hmm. Why is he so shitty to Mulder? <laughs> I don't know. Because his tan is so muddled, he has to take it out on somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, he also has that thing of... 
where he gives Mulder the address of where the cigarette smoking man lives, and he lives in a fucking dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that scene was great, but before that, like he puts it in the Morley's. So again, Skinner had to be like, "All right, I should get an empty pack of Morley's. <laughs> I'm gonna write the note, put it in there, send a woman yep. to be like." Oh, only the Morleys are here. Oh, there's already a pack here. Yeah, who the fuck is that woman? Where you could just put a pack of cigarettes on a table and walk away. Yeah, (laughs) you don't have to make a whole production out of it. Oh, do you have any money for cigarettes? Excuse me, sir, but... uh, Yeah, on a TV show, whenever a stranger comes up and talks to you, something is happening. They're going to give you an empty pack of cigarettes. They're going to give you a clue (laughs) inside some sort of uh, Trojan horse kind of situation. So then when he goes and he talks to Cigarette Smoking Man, he says, he has a great line. He says, don't try and threaten me, Mulder. I've watched presidents die. That is such a great line. Such a badass line, right? Oh, God. I thought that was a good one. That was a good scene because you sort of see he says, um, he says, I like you. I like her, too. That's why she was returned to you. And he says, I'm in the game because I believe what I'm doing is right. If people were to know the things I know, we'd all fall apart. Everything would fall apart. I thought that was really great because you see him as this evil guy, but then you sort of realize that what he's doing probably is Mm -hmm. ultimately a useful thing. Like whatever his fucking shadow purpose is, (laughs) it's probably keeping things together that we don't understand. Charcoal filter that grabs all the disgusting shit in the water that we're not supposed to drink. It's disgusting, but somebody needs to do that. Somebody has to do it, and we all can't handle it. So one guy has to do it, and he smokes Morley's because of it. And cigarettes, filters, the filter, charcoal filter, there's something there. Cigarettes have a positive, calming effect, like a fake one on you, but they have, you know, carcinogens and all this negative stuff, and you have to just like filter the two things out. That's exactly how Mm -hmm. he is. Yeah. That's what he is. There's carcinogens and stuff. Yeah. But maybe he's keeping things on a service level calm. Smooth. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that scene was really good. Um, It is. That president's line is great. It's pretty bad. Because there's only one president that died. So saying plural implies like so many you know what i mean like oh yeah because obviously former presidents have you know they would not be president any longer when they died but even that if he was witness to yeah the presidents when they died like he (laughs) i just imagine him being at like every single one yeah just like bedside at every single one to make sure like well all right this one's done yeah it's like for sure check it off the oh maybe he like he watched one die jfk and now he's like i have this Badass line, I gotta watch one more president die, so please let me know when someone's <laughs> yeah. about to die. Give me a call, give me a page. National clauses, I'll be there. <laughs> I've watched our president die, yeah. that's not as badass as I've watched presidents. presidents. Yeah, he's getting it all set up. Uh, I thought Mulder's rock bottom in this was very moving too, where he like goes to the apartment and he just fucking starts crying. Yeah. And, th- and he resigns. Uh, that was pretty intense. It's pretty great to see that on like a TV show. Yeah. That is kind of I mean I get it's not super fast paced but it to is. take that much time to just focus on somebody breaking down. Yeah. In the second season of the show that's also yeah. like can be a monster of the week kind of a thing. And this one there really isn't much of an X-Files to it. It's no. just sort of a person. It's all very emotional yeah. all the stuff that happens in it. Mm-hmm. And he hits rock bottom and then he starts to send and he's like all right got to get it together and starts walking out and then Sk- Skinner I really like that your resignation is unacceptable line mm-hmm. even though Skinner's been shitty to him now he's like no come on buck up. I didn't quite get the point of that whole story. The grenade story thing. Yeah, how yeah. he 
thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead, and then he survived two weeks later. Yeah, he's alive. Kind uh, of like you have to get, you have to go through surrender the all hope. Yeah, to have any hope, yeah. kind of, because like you don't, yeah, you don't know until you've hit rock bottom. Yeah, and and then Mulder sort of going and just talking to her. I thought that was for a show that, like you just said does like big crazy things. That's a very small thing for him to do is like instead of chasing people and putting guns to people's head, just go mm-hmm. and talk to the woman and be like, I'm here. That was the hardest. That was the craziest. <laughs> that thing. was the craziest thing. Do we have to talk about Scully's boobs or can we can we not? We cannot. Uh, the message boards, that is all they talk about. Did oh you notice? Does did you notice? No. OK. How did I miss Scully's boobs? Uh, watch it again. OK, I it's. Will. There is a lot of discussion about sure. what's going on. Because when she's laying down and she's just in that nightgown or whatever. Oh, yeah. It is. it is And not covered up. Yeah. Which is always weird to me when they show somebody in a in, yeah. the, in a hospital bed without a blanket on. Because that, but for sure, yeah. you put a blanket on a person. And but this one is in the dream sequence oh, where okay. she's laying on the thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I like that part where it goes from her, when she finally wakes up, the camera, which is from her perspective... And she's in that crazy field, and then it slowly turns into the hospital, her coming back into the real world. You see things from her perspective, and that's an interesting visual way to show someone coming out of a coma. I thought that was a really great moment. Oh, yeah, I loved that. Even though it's got, you know, like cheesy early 90s graphics or whatever, it still was really awesome to, because that's, I've never been in a coma, but I have been in like, I've been, you know, really seriously knocked out. Yeah. And when you come out of something like that, like on morphine or whatever yeah. from surgery, and that's what it's like, where yeah. it's half of that stuff, half yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and half, <laughs> you know, exactly. like just trying to get your bearings and stuff. Yeah. And I think someone just like opening their eyes on a bed is so uncinematic. So that's a cool way to show that. Mm-hmm. And then when Mulder comes in and talks to her just for a second, I almost got like kind of teary-eyed mm-hmm. where he just comes in and he's like ah, okay you're up great <laughs> but the fact that he can talk to her and she can respond was like really emotional uh i it just really like and then she said i had the strength of your beliefs pretty intense man it's pretty intense uh, oh Mulder's crying there's a part when he the phone rings and he like hesitates and then he answers it to me, it was he's expecting the call that she's dead. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it shows that his journey is complete where he's like come to terms with the fact that Scully could die. Scully might have already died. He's not like, let's just let it go to voicemail. He's going to answer the call and be like, all right, I'll be a man and fucking take whatever the tough news is. But mm-hmm. then she's awake and he goes and talks to her. It was such a such a emotionally moving great episode like oh, yeah. with not much crazy physical shit happens no. and yeah. is it like sort of a great book because at the beginning isn't he like watching porn and rewinding it yeah and he gets a phone call he so is then watching porn the next right? time he's like not watching porn he's just kind of like sitting with his feelings and yeah. his thoughts and stuff yeah when he gets gets the big call what an interesting choice that when he like hits rock bottom like sort of like that's his drug a little bit uh-huh porn that's his like escape yeah because it, it was interesting to me that he rewound it what does that mean because that's so specific you know just having somebody watching porn is like okay well they're watching porn that's part of their their character yeah that's what he's got on in the background but to have him like laying around and then go i want to see that again that, that was a fun part that's 
really specific. It's I don't crazy. know exactly what that means necessarily. It's pretty but intense. To show a dude rewinding a spotted porn is like pretty. Um, it's pretty like familiar with that person, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's something that's very interesting. I didn't because that's notice like that. the drawback of VHS porn is like you you, gotta <laughs> you always know the spots that the person that had it before you really liked. Oh, because it's the like <laughs> the lines are bad. That's exactly right. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, like for th- example, my copy of Terminator because my mom would always fast forward through the sex scene. Yeah. When it would get to the sex scene, it would go like, <laughs> and then come back. Oh, she would rewind, uh, fast forward that oh, spot all the time. Oh, she was fucking up the tape. Yeah, so it really that's, messed up the Terminator. That's really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah, when I would get my friends porn videos i'm like all right clearly you like that part super into that (laughs) yeah that's a good scene (laughs) yeah i know that was the ultimate like the best parts are the ones that go bad first (laughs) very sad (laughs) uh do you want to say something about it before i move on to the next segment no i think that was it uh 1994 november 11th 9.5 so even higher 9.1 million households uh at this point the show is getting more established it's becoming a thing um the I, I, I uh, they they uh when I looked up stuff that the uh the writer said they they talk a lot about the idea that men like cigarette smoking man are necessary and I thought that was an interesting spin on it. He's not just a completely a uh, a bad guy. Um, they said the original intent for this episode was that it would be based entirely upon Raising the Dead, a nonfiction book that Glenn Morgan had read. It was written by Surgeon Richard Seltzer. Detailed the dreams he had while being comatose for 23 days in 1991. Um, the writing duo of Morgan and Wong also intended to feature a side of the paranormal that they thought was very hopeful, the phenomena of angels, hope, and peace, because the series so far had been, at least in Morgan's opinion, very dark and bleak. Morgan believed that the whole theme of the episode was summed up by Scully's sister, Melissa, when she says to Mulder, just because the belief is positive and good doesn't make it silly or trite. So she's, yeah. Oh, I just, uh, I loved that. Yeah. I loved somebody saying that yeah. in the context of this show. Yeah. Because I think that's like a pretty, what what she's saying isn't true. Like Mulder thinking it's silly and trite just because it's positive, I think is kind of, I mean, that's how we are now. Right. That we like are, if something so is positive, everybody's like, who cares? Like, yeah. Everything has to be shitty. Yeah. So she's a believer in the way that Mulder is, but Mulder is a believer in dark forces where right. she's a believer in like light forces. Yeah. And I, you're right, like, being sort of uh, hopeful and inspirational is, like, so lame. Like, ironic detachment. Everybody. Yes, that's what we all want. Is it all because we grew up watching Mulder? Is that, is that why everybody <laughs> is so, like, detached? He and, fucked like, us. Yeah, yeah, he really did. He always stalks <laughs> in the monotone. Uh, the alias The Thinker was inspired by the internet pseudonym The Thinker, used by young Jun Kim. He was an online fan of the X-Files. That's the, the gun stuff. That's what he was that's talking awesome. about. Um, director Robert Goodwin initially instructed Morgan and Wong to minimize the scene in which the CSM is confronted by Mulder due to Goodwin's assumption that actor William B. Davis would be able to do little more than appear smoking a cigarette they didn't know that he was a good actor or not they just liked the way he looked and liked his smoking uh-huh. so in this one he had to do stuff and Glenn Morgan was like hey you know he's an acting teacher he can do it give him more to do and then that scene turned out great, but they were like scared of giving him like real stuff to do because in the pilot he's just a guy in the background. Right, and they he's just standing around. Him back, yeah, just mm-hmm. to like stand and stuff. He always reminded me of Harry Dean Stanton. He's got know? that vibe. Yeah, and he does like um like panels and stuff. Like I've seen his picture around and mm-hmm. stuff. So that stuff. Um, now 
we talked about this. Was it just me or did Scully look kind of ahem, oversized in the bosom? <laughs> a relic of a recent pregnancy? <laughs> and then there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people talking. Our best thought on Scully's added bustiness was that it was in fact due to pregnancy. Um, not simply because of lactation, though that would certainly be partly responsible because it doesn't seem likely that she had her has her figure back already. Um <laughs> A little added padding in the northern regions with a sheet laid over all may serve to disguise a little residual paunchiness in more southern quarters. What? W- what a gross way is to talk. Is that person talking about? This is like a... Sounds like a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> like a Paula Deen recipe. Yeah. Um, a little more plumpiness in the southern quarters. Oh, this is the guy. I, I was thinking about it the other time. People jumped on him. While watching the rebroadcast of the first episode, I noticed something. How come they never show Scully's body anymore? In the first episode, they show her with only a bra and panties. I thought that was really sexy. Um, And then people are like, fuck off about this. A lot of people are trying to figure out what the extra DNA is. Is she going to become a mutant? I know it's supposed to be dormant, but maybe like sort of a, a tapeworm kind of thing is in there. No, uh, this guy had a pretty interesting idea. He says, in order to preserve Scully's skepticism, I think it's pretty clear that the show cannot have her actually be abducted by aliens. Ergo, she is being held by the minions of the smoking man. However, uh, his, uh, his, his suggestion is that Dwayne Barry had a real implant and that they reverse engineered it and they're trying to try that implant on Scully so mm-hmm. that they're, they're taking some alien uh, technology and then doing like human spins on it and doing testing and stuff. So that's his idea. A lot of people talking about why is, what's he watching in the beginning. People are like, it's porn. That's what he's watching. It's pretty clearly porn. <laughs> uh, I could see how when it first came out, you'd be like, what is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I could be wrong, but here it goes. I think we finally found an episode of X-Files that no one can complain about. What a great episode. And then... The next one, I originally came to love X-Files for its great stories, excellent acting, and the great camera work. Now it seems to have degenerated into some sort of government slash Scully and Mulder soap opera. For goodness sake, get on with it. Uh, Oh, and then people are really upset. He was supposed to be on the Jon Stewart show, and Uh then he bailed and didn't show up, so a ton of people are complaining about that. Do you remember the Jon Stewart show? Oh, yeah. It was an MTV. Yeah. It was a good show. I watched it. Um... Oh, people are saying that his uh, resignation, his signature, wasn't like anything like the one shown at the beginning of the show. I suppose this can be explained away by proving that a person's frame of mind changes their writing vastly. But this much, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so people are really getting into it. A lot of people are upset that he didn't just shoot the cigarette smoking man. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, I really wanted... So people really don't like this guy. And then they said that you know, some people are like, actually, him shooting means he's not in control of his emotions. That's what this episode is about, is him sort of coming to terms with himself. Um, and then I thought this was really cool. This is the first. Hi there. There's a poster on the wall of Mulder's office that has a picture of a flying saucer over a forested hill. It has the caption, I want to believe. Does anyone know if this poster actually exists? This is the first mention of that poster. This poster yeah. becomes such a huge, iconic thing, part of the X Files, but this is the first time I've heard any mention of it on the message board so you see that this poster sort of that's great yeah first step to it becoming iconic yeah uh thank you so much for coming thanks for having me uh this was awesome i'll have you back again at the end of the season or it's next always season super fun yeah whenever. um plug your stuff um i have some like tour dates coming up but they're not all 
set yet. So, you know, follow me on Twitter and stuff for that. Yeah. In September and October. And you have mm. a podcast? I have a podcast, Wham Bam Pow, on Maximum Fun. That's all about sci-fi and action movies. And then also put your hands together, the live stand-up podcast. Uh-huh. Which is also a live show at the UCB every Tuesday at 8. Go do all these things. Thank mm. you for listening. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, next week, uh, Matt Myra is going to be on. Another person that we've had a lot of requests for, Nerdist's own Matt Myra. He's talking about Firewalker and Red Museum, uh, which are both kind of interesting episodes for different different reasons. So uh, come back and uh, listen to that, Firewalker Red Museum. As always, I am at, at X-Files Files or at Kumail N, K-U-M-A-I-L-N, uh, at the X-Files Files, no, at X-Files Files on Twitter. Uh, go to the subreddit, lots of great uh, topics being discussed over there. And um, I am plugging this Soon, I will be releasing a bonus episode with Glenn Morgan and James Wong. I wanted to release it after, sometime after we talked about One Breath. Glenn Morgan, obviously, uh, well, not Glenn Morgan and James Wong. It's just Glenn Morgan, but he's from the writing team of Glenn Morgan, James Wong, who had a very, very strong hand in sort of um, forging the identity of the X Files in the first two seasons. And um, so, and it's a really great interview. It's really interesting how they. You know, he talks about how they came up with Eugene Toombs and how they came up with ideas for die, hand dive, or let or random stuff like that. And uh, it, it was really, really interesting. In fact, I kind of want to bring him back and talk to him more. I might bring in uh, James Wong and talk to him. Uh, his brother, Darren Morgan, is also going to come and talk to me at some point. But that one will be a bonus episode, and I haven't decided yet when I'll release it. So check, check on Monday. I think it might be up then. Um, and uh, again, I want to mention this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. A better web starts with your website. Use offer code XFILESFILES to get 10% off your first purchase and to support this show. Oh, hey there. Hi. Do you like being happy and not sad? You should check out the podcast Hello and Good News. Each week, I sit down with a comedic guest and tell them all about the people, places, and current events affecting the world in a positive way. Whoa. So check out and subscribe to Hello and Good News on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Yeah.